Welcome to KC Connect, brought to you by IBEX Employer Relations Team. Across this series of short episodes, we provide insight and expertise on some of the most common challenges for our members in the employer relations landscape. My name is Jan Hayden, Senior Advocacy Manager, and I'm joined by Michael McGrath, Senior Executive Team Lead from the Employer Relations Division. And for the next 10 minutes, we will discuss preparing for a case. So Michael, when we talk about a case, what are we actually referring to? Thanks, Jan. Okay, so I suppose for the purpose of this podcast, we're speaking specifically about an individual claim which results in a case or a hearing in the WRC. Um, We're going to focus on that as opposed to, say, a collective claim, um, which may, for example, result in um, a group of employees going to conciliation, etc., under the auspices of the WRC. That's probably, you know, we could do a whole other podcast on that. So effectively, in terms of what a case is or what a claim is, it's a case that goes, or a claim under a piece of employment legislation that goes to the WRC. One role of the WRC, or the Workplace Relations Commission, is to facilitate what are called adjudication officer investigations or adjudication hearings. So an adjudicator is essentially, it's one individual, one person, who will hear the case, whichever piece of legislation the claim is taken under, and then ultimately they'll issue um, a legally binding decision, unless, of course, it's taken under what's called the Industrial Relations Act, but we don't have to worry about that too much. That decision then is appealable to the Labour Court within 42 days of the date of the decision. So that's when we talk about a case, that's what a case is. It's a hearing um, in, the, in, the, in the Workplace Relations Commission. Sometimes you hear people refer to them as third party hearings. So these hearings are held they're physically. Um, they have been uh, run remotely um, during the pandemic. Um, they're back to physical hearings now. And at the hearing, both the employer and the employee and the representatives if parties are represented, um, will make the respective cases on behalf of the claimant um, or the respondent. And that's done both through written submission and orally on the day of the hearing itself. So a claim or a case may involve multiple claims. So you might have a couple of different claims under a couple of different pieces of, um, of pieces of legislation. But ultimately, I suppose at the outset, that's what we're talking about when we're talking about uh, a case. And that's what we're going to be talking about the preparation for. So... That's a brief summary of, of where it goes. So, Jan, in terms of actually being notified of a claim or notified that there may be a case pending, how does that occur? And what do you think members should do initially? Well, absolutely. Well, Michael, when a first letter comes in from the WRC, this is really your notification um, that a claim has actually been submitted. <clears throat> now, at this stage, no date of a hearing um, will have been received. It's just the notification that there is a claim or multiple claims in against against the company. So it's really important um, to provide the notice of the claim to IBEC at the very earliest opportunity. Um, this allows us then to deal effectively with any complaint rece- received from the WRC and very much to engage without any delay and regularly with uh, you know, the IBEC representative. This gives our member companies that opportunity to provide, and, and us as executives, that opportunity to provide the best possible representation. It's important to note that when you do receive the claim and the detail of it, that you are then on notice of a potential risk in the business, which needs to be at least examined at the, at, you know, at the outside to see if there's any merit to the yeah. claim, um, and also gives us the opportunity to act. Okay. Um, Advisable, obviously, from a risk mitigation point, to have to address a genuine issue, so you don't have to turn up, in, you know, in the WRC with the knowledge of an ongoing piece of mm. legislation. And what can sometimes happen, for example, in a payment of wages, when you've actually examined it, you realise there's a breach and you rectify it. So okay. before you actually get into the WRC, you can say you've actually already rectified okay. in some cases. 
So what to do? Absolutely notify IBEC with the email that you'll all be familiar with, cases at IBEC.ie. We will then create a file. We will notify the H with the WRC that IBEC are your representative. And then all future correspondence from them will go to ourselves here in IBEC. Okay. So it's really, really important. Don't sit on the claim form. Don't leave it sitting in the drawer because we need a lot of time to prep for it. And the longer you sit on it, it means the long, we, the less time we have to prepare and provide, you know, to try and give you the best defence of that claim. Okay. So that's, I suppose, in terms of what, when, you, when you get your claim. So in terms of the initial preparation then for a case that a company can commence, what steps then should they should they take, Michael? Okay. Um, so firstly, what we do when a claim, when we're notified of a claim, so the claim will initially go to our member company, um, so as you if you as you you've explained, um, you know you have to be prompt to notify us so that we can act on your behalf quickly. But what we will then do is that we'll request from our member companies when they get the claim to help start in the preparation of the case file, and that's very important because the information is with the members, and we need you know it helps us and it helps the ultimate defence of the case to get that file collated. So to help our members do that, we'll send a checklist of items which should be provided to us to support the defence of the case. So we'll basically ask, an email will, will go out, there'll be a bullet-pointed list of things which we will look for. And in summary, they will essentially be, we'll look for electronic copies of uh, document documentation, including a synopsis uh, of the background of the claim and in a chronological order, if possible, because that helps with the understanding of the claim for, our, uh, for ourselves in the context of it. Yeah, that's actually hugely important, the chronology mm. of events, because it knows, I guess, to understand what's happened from the start to the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very important at the point of notification, you know, get that information together. So meeting notes, for example, if it was a, an unfair dismissal case or what we, what we would call a UD case, the meeting notes, the letter of the dismissal, the statements, contract, you know, payslips, etc. And in, in my experience, if you have that information together and if you can, you know, produce that subsequently in a hearing it supports you in two ways firstly it demonstrates that as an employer that you are mindful about your records and your process and secondly it also helps you and us as the representatives tell the story and the adjudicator themselves to understand the story so it is important from a number of a number of different points of view so in addition to sending ourselves here in ibec that information electronically it's important to keep a copy or keep the originals of those documents yeah. together in a file. I've been in hearings before where a member company with the best will in the world has photocopied everything, sent copies, has binned the originals, and the veracity of the copies have been questioned on the day, and the originals aren't there, the evidence may not be allowed in certain circumstances. That's a so, great point, so it's yeah. very important yeah. not to throw out the originals, yeah. Yeah. Um, send ourselves copies, but keep the originals there so that, that they can be produced um, if required. Just a quick word on the WRC procedures, and this is there has been a change to the procedures in terms of submitting information to the WRC. So as part of the preparation process, information will be submitted. From December 2021, the WRC have streamlined their uh, documentation submission procedures so that for all claims, information must be submitted to the WRC not later than 15 days before the actual hearing itself. That has changed. There was various different timelines, but it's just important to note that. And they now also require that a list of witnesses who may be required to attend and a outline of their evidence will also be provided to the WRC at that time. So 
that's just a quick word on what, as member companies, you can do to initiate preparation and help ourselves, and also a quick word on the on the procedures there in terms of the recent change. So, and I think that that fifteen days, Michael, is has made a huge difference to us in preparing the case, and that's why it's so important to get the claim form over to us as quickly as possible, because the hearing date could come in absolutely before we have actually had time to prepare yeah. it, and then and then we're late for getting a submission yeah. in. Yeah, the more yeah. the more time that we have sight of the of the documentation and the context of the case, the better uh, a, a job of representation we can do and better advice we can provide in terms of overall risk and outcomes, etc. Yeah. So, Jan, I might just ask you at this point, like, what might the practical preparation of, of, of a defence of a case uh, with an IBEC executive look like at this point? So you've got the claim has come in, you've initiated, um, the members initiated preparation, commencing, putting the, uh, the case file together, etc. What happens next? Well, look, as we as we know, all cases are very different, uh, Michael, and and I suppose, and this will be determined, I suppose, by the claim or the claims that are submitted. So, first and foremost, it's really important to arrange a meeting to prepare with the relevant with the relevant individuals, and this may take more than one meeting. Again, depending on the claim, may may require more or less time. I mean, if we're, for example, a payment of wages claim, what can take a considerably less period of time, it might just be looking at payroll records, as opposed to a UD or an equality claim, which could look be reviewing disciplinary records, policies, witness statements, etc. Multiple investigations. investigations. So it really does in in terms of the, the preparation time. Um, really then a next step is identifying the facts, the risks, the possible outcomes. So we're discussing the claim and identifying the basics. So is or was the claimant, for example, an employee? Did they have enough service to take the claim? Um, was it submitted under the appropriate act? Um, and of course, was it submitted in time? So they're the, the key elements, the first, the, first, the first top key elements when we're looking at, the, at that claim in preparation. The substantive matter then itself, again, will depending on the case or the act or the acts that has been taken. So again, we're meeting to establish the effects. And I know you mentioned earlier, Michael, in terms of that clear timeline of events, and that's that's usually support, mm. important to get that clear timeline of events, identifying what the crucial documents um, which would be required, you know, that would be required to submit to the WRC along with the, with the appendices. The nature of the claim, as I said, or the claims will determine the amount of evidence that's required to defend. So, for example, in UD dismissal, as we said, there could be witness statements, um, notices, letters, appeal letters, etc. We also look there maybe for contract of employment, handbook, a disciplinary policy. Um, in addition to those notes and statements, there could be the outcome letter, the letter of the appeal, the appeal process notes, and it is only P45. So there's a huge amount of documentation that we have mm. to have. And as you said there earlier, in terms of those originals are just as important to, yeah. to maintain. And I think it's, it's, it's often at this stage where you're identifying what you have, but also what you don't have. Yes. And it's, that's, that is very important in terms of the preparation to um, understand yeah. not only the timeline, but also the gaps that you may yeah. You may need to fill or you may need to explain ultimately when yeah. you defend the claim. Absolutely. And as we know, 80% of UD cases, for example, are actually lost, not because it wasn't necessarily the right, the right, the wrong decision mm. to dismiss, but they were lost actually on procedures, okay. lack of procedures or yeah. the lack of documentation to back up what, the, what your procedures were. So then we move on then look, just looking at the risks involved of the case. And again, depending on that claim, 
the outcome of the claim is there going to be a knock a knock on implications where on a, on the particular course of action we take. So that could be in respect of other employees or further claims. So likewise, if we try to look at a claim and there's a risk, and we we might discuss with our member about settling that claim, or indeed what the outcome could be if we lose that case. Mm. What's the knock on effect uh, across the company on that, yeah. and are, is it going to open up a, another floodgate of claims? So again, as we said, when we have all that documentation there, um, and we're looking at that, it, it gives us a better idea to be able to to assess the risk uh, the risk with the, with the member. Who are the key witnesses? Of course, that's another area who will be required to attend the adjudication when the dates come in. Are they still employed in the company? That's a question. Are we able to contact them? How important are they and relevant are the witnesses to, to, to our mm. case? Um, and if we're, and, and are we able to, as I said, are we able to contact them again? Um, I think you, you mentioned there earlier on in terms of the, the procedural change as well in the WRC and one huge cha- case, uh, Michael, was the Supreme Court decision in the Zalewski case. And that means all evidence with the exception, all evidence is given under oath or affirmation um, and they're open to the public with the exception of IR claims. Um, so, you know, the anonymity is not guaranteed and that would depend really on the discretion of the adjudicator and depend on the type of claim, mm. for example. Um, and but, but as I said, we've been at hearings whether we have members of the press there as well. Um, your name will be mentioned, the company name may be mentioned, yeah. the claimant may, may be mentioned. Um, and obviously that that under that oath, the Bible or affirmation is, is important. So it has made that landscape of evidence uh, considerably different um, mm. and a huge factor in, in considering the, yeah. those claims. And, and it is... <clears throat> It is important to have those conversations and set out yeah. the vista of what defending a claim may look like yeah. at the outset so that it doesn't come as a surprise or an unwelcome surprise later on in the process. Yeah, yeah that's, absolutely. that's very important. Yeah. And of course, when we have all that done and we've prepared our submission, our written statement and documentation, this will be sent to the WRC um, in advance of the actual hearing date. So I think maybe before we we kind of come we're coming near the end, Michael. Maybe just look at when you when you have actually received that claim, we're carrying out the preparation and we get the actual hearing date. So really, I suppose yeah, the hearing date's next. Yeah. Then, so you've got this. Yeah. So you you will get a date. You'll get a letter from the WRC. It will actually it should go to us if we are on notice. It may go to yourselves as a member company if Ivic are not on notice. But the first thing that we would look to do is see if the if the date of the hearing. Uh, suits or whether we need to apply for a postponement for that date. There's a couple of mechanisms how you apply for a postponement. There's a provision that you can apply for one within five days of the date of the letter um, with consent from the other side. And then if you're outside of that, the bar is the bar is a little bit higher. If no postponement is required or isn't granted, well, then you're you're proceeding to the case again in advance of the, the actual hearing date itself. It's likely you're going to meet with your IBEC executive again and discuss and discuss the case, but you will or should have all of your preparation done at this case. You'll be looking to, you know, you have your submission uh, put in, and effectively what you're going to probably be doing is refreshing people on their on their the role that they're going to play in the hearing and ensuring that all the witnesses have a good, confident command of their evidence if they're going to be required to uh, if they're going to be required to uh, give evidence. After that, then you turn up, mm-hmm. you'll be well prepared, uh, put your best foot forward. And the adjudication hearing will will run. You won't get an outcome on the day, and that'll be provided uh, in due course. So, as I said, or as we've said, look, this can seem like a daunting prospect, yeah, uh, an adjudication yeah. hearing. But the key to it is preparing, preparing well in advance, comprehensively identifying the information that is required, the people who are required to attend, liaise with your IBEC executive, and you'll be as well prepared as you can be before turning up to the hearing. Yeah. So, look, that concludes this episode. Thanks for listening. 
For more content like this, be sure to explore the audio hub on ibec.ie and follow ibec on Twitter at ibec underscore IRL.